Forum. I'm Monica DeSantis. Your change will make a significant change for people with disabilities. Support Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation, or SOAR. Giving Tuesday is a global day of giving that takes place annually on the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, November 30th. What is Roundup App? Roundup App allows you to take the rounded up spare change from everyday transactions and donate it to your favorite nonprofit. Let's say you buy a coffee for $3.85. Roundup App will automatically round up 15 cents and donate that spare change to a nonprofit you care about. Although it's spare change, it can really add up. Becoming a Roundup app donor on Giving Tuesday will set SOAR apart from other nonprofits on this busy fundraising day. You must type in SWIFT Outdoor Accessible Recreation. Again, that's SWIFT Outdoor Accessible Recreation. Then select it. Please consider making a change by donating your change to SWIFT Outdoor Accessible Recreation. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Hello and good afternoon. Thank you for listening in today. I really appreciate it. This is Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quad Father, and you are listening to All Things Inspirational. So we have a lot on our plate today. And I like to start with a quote, uh, personal growth is where fulfillment lies. So that personal growth, if you're seeking, seeking it, it is out there. You just need to continue to track it down. And when you find it, you will find more fulfillment. So happy hump day. Welcome to December. Even though it's I don't know, 50, 55 degrees. I'm not complaining. I love being outside. Something I'm going to talk about later in the show. Also going to talk about uh, contacting me. And I've had several people reach out through social media and ask me questions. And I told them I would answer them on air. So if you have a question about anything, you could contact me at brianpswift.com. You could reach out to LinkedIn or Facebook. So there are different ways of finding me. If you have a question, I would love to answer it for you here on air. And for a longer explanation, I would be even willing to do a podcast. So please reach out to me. I don't care what kind of question it is. If it's about leadership, if it's about inspiration, if it's about development, uh, if it's about motivation, reach out to me. So I appreciate that, and uh, I, it's something I'm going to be continually doing, so I'm, I'm excited about that, uh, because I believe that transforming lives is a big part of what I enjoy. My fulfillment comes in transforming lives. I love to inspire. I love to provide hope. Uh, I do that through my books. I do that through uh, master classes through John Maxwell. And that is part of what brings me fulfillment, along with running SOAR, SOAR Outdoor Accessible Recreation. So I also have a podcast called the Positive Perspective Podcast and a YouTube channel called the Quadfather. So and the Quadfather, what is, it's, called, it's called the Quadfather, but uh, it's called uh, Keep Fit While You Sit. So it's different ways people, whether you have a disability or just you know, maybe don't have the ability to be up on your feet, can exercise. So I have hundreds of 
short videos on different exercises you could do from a seated position. And again, that's called the Quad Father. So if you have some time, please check that out. I want to talk about powerful words. I mean, there's there's words out there that just have power um, and, and, and a lot of meaning behind him, and they may be different for each of us, but I believe there's certain words or short phrases that resonate with all of us. And I, I think for me, one of the keys that has empowered me is believe in yourself. Because I, I think if you believe you can, you will. Just like if you believe you can't, you probably won't. I know that's a I believe that's a quote by either Zig Ziglar or one of the one of the greats out there. But believe in yourself would be the first powerful couple words I want to tell you. Second is stay strong. Uh, you know, my dad used to say it's easy to smile when everything's going right, and and he's right. But staying strong only happens when you're forcing uh, facing adversity. So keep dreaming, keep believing, keep achieving, but stay strong when it's hard to smile or when you're facing adversity. Um, that's when you need it the most. And that leads into the third one, which is never give up. Uh, you know, you might not get to where you want to go when you want to go, but don't forget it's about progress, not about perfection. So it's about the little steps you take forward. And it is little steps. And, and I'll use the analogy of a ladder. Just think if you took every other rung off a ladder, how hard it would be to climb. And if you're expecting these big steps, big gigantic moves forward, if you took every other step off a ladder, it would be extremely difficult to climb. That's why the small steps, it'll still get you there. But trust me, it'll, it'll be an easier route to get there. And occasionally we do get those big steps and that's okay. Um, but take little steps, never give up. A little progress each day adds up to big results. Uh, gratitude, being grateful is huge. Uh, a, a grateful heart uh, is something that creates miracle miracles. So being grateful, I know there's a, a big push out there for gratitude journals. And a lot of people are using gratitude journals because even on my worst day, there was something to be grateful for. And even on the good days, I give thanks because it was a good day. And on the bad days... I give thanks because I got through it, and I just didn't get through it under my power. might have been the, the help through my faith. It might have been the help through my family. It might have been the help through my friends, and those that, that is my trinity that I lean on personally is my faith, my family, and my friends, and that, that is what's empowered me and strengthened me to seek this fulfillment that I've been blessed to have. Number five would be work hard. Um, if you're going to do it, give it 110%. You know, good things come to those who hustle. Uh, it's a word you don't hear out there anymore, but in your job, I don't care if you're washing dishes. I don't care if you're cutting vegetables. I don't care if you're sweeping floors. Be the best at it. You know, be the be proud at what you've done. I think we're missing some of that in today's environment, but work hard. Uh, and with that, sometimes you have success, and I would tell you to stay humble. Um, work hard in silence and let your success make the noise. People are going to re recognize that hustle. They're going to recognize being grateful. They're going to recognize you've stayed strong, but stay humble through that. And as long as you're staying humble, number seven is you might as well be kind, right? Kindness makes you 
the most beautiful person is when you're kind. Uh, so stay kind. And the last thing, which uh, really shows on each of us, is keep smiling. Uh, your smile uh, is beautiful. Your smile does change the way you feel when you're smiling. But sometimes we have to intentionally remember these words. Uh, so, again, believe in yourself. Stay strong. Never give up. Be grateful. Work hard. Stay humble. Be kind. And keep smiling. So I hope those words resonate with you and I hope you remember them and can put them into work uh, in action. Uh, speaking of action, there's a, a book out there called Have a Ball, Being Your Best. It, it's a, a neat book on diversity and inclusion, but it's a kid's book. And it's basically a kid's book that talks, talks about being on the sports field or the field of life, that hard, works make, hard work makes your dreams work. You know, and that's whether you're in school or sports or at home or a summer job, that being your best means working hard and doing your best. And it is about all these characters that are the different types of balls we play with. So one of the – you've got Betty Basketball – You've got Billy Baseball and Sydney Soccer, Frankie Football, Harry Hockey Puck. And they work with Coach, who is in a wheelchair and has different abilities. And he helps these people find and get to their best. So uh, go out there, check it out. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it uh, at brianpswift.com. And it's a neat, it's a, it's a, so far getting great reviews. So if it's, if you're looking for a book that uh, might interest the kids or lean towards that inclusion and diversity, it would be a, a good book for you to possibly reach out and get the kids, especially with Christmas coming around. So I appreciate that. I have an amazing guest that will be on after our commercials. His name is Kevin Brown. I'm excited to have him on. So what we're going to do is we're going to get a little word from our sponsors, and I'm blessed to that we have received such a great response from our sponsors. So please take, take your time, listen to our sponsors, and then when we get back, we're going to talk to this amazing gentleman named Kevin Brown. Thank you very much. Expert.com. Kevin Brown, welcome to the Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. Quadfather, all things inspirational show. How are you? <laughs> Doing great, Swifty. Great to hear your voice. Kevin, I so appreciate you being on. I was on my ride over here explaining to a friend uh, who you were, and uh, it was tough to put into words because I, I probably don't say it a lot, but you, you uh, are very inspiring. You've lived a interesting to say the least life and you never seem to let fear and failure come your way and not that you've had a ton of failure or fear but we all have fear and I've known you in so many different ways you you've been successful in a big corporate job um, both as a sales professional and as a sales manager and I mean, working out of the 20-something floor on Michigan Avenue, right, uh, and doing well before you moved on to another office. 
uh, you had that corner office lifestyle on Michigan Avenue in, in, in a major metropolitan area, and you left that to take on the family business in Indiana, which I believe was a third generation family business. How do you, I mean, how do you go from, you know, being so successful in that era, that way to deciding to run a family business? Uh, did you have any fear? You know, what, what, what were your concerns with doing that? Well, gosh, Brian, that's, that's awful generous of you to, to describe the last 30 years or so. I just want to tell your listeners that it really started, um, Honestly, you were a big, big part of that. Almost 30 years ago, uh, I went to work uh, downtown Chicago for a firm, and Brian was my manager. And uh, you were inspirational, Swifty. You were direct and kind, and you worked us hard. So you you really uh, gave me my start. So I want to just thank you and say that right away. I can't believe we've known each other 30 years. Thank you. Thank um, you for the kind, kind words. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Talking about fear and failure. Um, well, I have had some failure and, uh, and, um, everybody does as a matter of fact, in fact, before I went to work for you in Chicago, a few years earlier, I had started my first business with my dad. And this was the time I stopped in college, ultimately went back and finished, but stopped in college and started a magnetic sign business selling magnetic bumper stickers with college logos on them for all the major colleges around the country. And we did that for two or three years. And at the end of the day, it was a failure, lost a lot of money and uh, had to go on to something else. But I have never seen failure as such a bad thing. Uh, No one wants to fail, but it's such a learning experience. And so if you take that fear of failure off the table and say, I'm going to go for it, and a failure is just a learning opportunity. It really, it really makes a difference. I, um, I agree. I, as you know, I'm a big John Maxwell fan, and one of his courses that I teach is sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, and and that's the exact philosophy, right? If you're learning, and I'm sure you lot learned a lot of things, you're really not failing. You're educating yourself, um, and is I used to say you're you're also developing character, right? Failing develops character and there's no other way i mean it re- it builds a kind of character you don't get any other way yeah no no question swifty that's fantastic um yeah failure is is just a step towards success you do need to count the cost if you dump your life savings into something and you lose it in a in a in a minute um that's that's pretty significant so you do need to count the cost there's no question about that but most of the time failure isn't that dramatic it's just a a temporary back and it teaches you a lot and takes you to the next thing um as far as fear um so i've gone into things with a lot of fear and i've taken a lot of action so really you just you have to take those first steps and sometimes those first steps uh show you that an idea is good or not good but uh it's it's taking those actions actually move into things i've got an idea brewing around in my head for the last 10 years that I haven't taken any any steps on, and uh, it just sits there, and it's not going away until you take some steps and move on it. So uh, put the fear behind you. Don't worry about failure, and go for it. Take action. Awesome, and I agree that, you know, again, you said you, you, you do have to understand the cost, and you do have to use some prudence but ultimately, what's the worst that happens? You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people looking to write books, they write, but, and they're worried, like, well, what if it doesn't turn out? Well, what do you mean turn out? 
I mean, what's the worst thing right. that happens if you write a book? You sold the seven copies to your family, and you've got some copies there of a book that you still wrote it. You still learned something. It's still an unbelievable accomplishment. It might not be the ending that you wanted, but it, it certainly wasn't a failure. And, uh, you know, I go back to this, you know, I've seen you go from corporate to this family business. How do you, how do you stay so optimistic through those type of changes? I mean, that, that, that's a drastic change. I mean, you, you were extremely successful in the corporate environment, and then you went to running a family business, which basically was on the lake, and you had cabins that you rented out and boats that you rented out and, you know, way different lifestyle than Michigan Avenue. Um, and, and you were taking a chance because you knew you were making good money in the corporate end of the end of your life. What uh, how did you stay so optimistic through that change and, and then run a successful business in that you did in Indiana? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Well, um, once again, not to give you too many Kudos, Swifty, but but it really does. <laughs> you helped me a great deal. Um, you know, when we started there in Chicago with that corporate startup, and it was a new division of a company, and you had hired six people, and I was one of the sixty, so I was just one of your sixty followers at that point. And uh, we we're on the phones, we were making a lot of calls, we were in a sales environment, and you taught me three things. You taught me about work ethic, the person who works harder gets luckier than the one who doesn't work so hard. So it's really not luck. It's about work ethic. That's number one. No, but we, we sometimes look at it as luck. And, yeah. you know, and, and let's face it, for lack of wordsmithing, luck does follow the people that hustle. Oh, no question. And you showed us that. And me and a few others. <laughs> Julie and Dice and a few others that your your listeners won't know about, but we know exactly who we're talking about. Yes, we we, do. we worked the hard, went the farthest, but you also made it fun. It was a positive and fun environment, and so I took those things that you did: positivity, fun, and work ethic, and I brought them with me into the family business that I bought from my father. Had been in our family for three generations, and it was a small mom and pop. So going from a, a Michigan Avenue high-rise Chicago office to a, a barn and some boats and some cottages was a lot of fun. I had high school guys working for me in that senior, uh, in those summer times. They were juniors and seniors in high school and some college students. So I tried to make it positive and fun and, uh, and work hard and had a lot of success. Owned that was, it had been in my family for a total of 60 years and I owned it for the last 10 of those 60. So my grandfather had it 15 years, my father 35 years, and I had it for 10 years. And then um, it was time to take another risk and, and make a change, and we sold that business. And uh, you and I talked all the time about that wholesale, but change is something that I personally probably approach differently than most people. I, I find change exciting, and I know that's the minority report. Most people find it uh, daunting, but I, I love the unknown. I love going into something new and it goes back to that fear of failure thing. Um, you, you don't ever accomplish anything without overcoming your fear of failure and, and going for it. So it's taken that first step. So we put that business up for sale and we sold it and we sold it at a very good time. It was back in 2007 before the economic crash of 2008. So we got kind of the highest and best price we could get. And that was just um, going for it. And it was, it was fortunate timing. It was not anything I saw, but 
it was a great time to sell and then moved out to move from there, went out west, went to Colorado. So I um, just to backtrack a little bit, spent three years in Chicago. That was with you and I and and the team there in Chicago moved from that metropolitan area to a small rural town. You visited many times with your family and with your uh, your teams there, Swifty. You can picture exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Then from that from that rural environment, the lake, my wife and our three daughters at that time, um, who are all three adult women now, uh, we moved to Colorado and lived in a suburban mid-sized city. So kind of had the major metropolitan, rural, small, and uh, mid-sized metropolitan suburbs. And now my wife and I find ourselves in New York City of all places. I'm looking out our windows right now into downtown Manhattan and uh, um, the change. Each of those steps, the the four different uh, places I found myself over the past 30 years. Do you need um, to call 911 for anything? <laughs> because of New York City and all Well, I just chaos? thought you were looking out your window. I thought maybe you had to report something there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm looking out my window across the Hudson River, and uh, um, oh, gotcha. uh, yeah, no, everything's good here. <laughs> All right, I just didn't want to get in the way of you know, anything happening. And this no, is the no. kind of relationship I have with this Mr. Brown. We uh, we laugh, and and laughter is so important to everything you do. But I think there's something there's something I want to talk about that, that you skipped, and that is you you work in a in an unbelievably tough uh, environment in I, I should say not just an environment but you are driven by your faith like myself and yes. you fundraise for some you know from everything from colleges uh, you know Christian universities to to other very benevolent organizations and because I have our 501c3 nonprofit, I do 99.9% of the fundraising. And let's be honest, it's it's a blood sport. I mean, fundraising is a blood sport. Um, I'm local, thank gosh. But how many countries do you think you've been to in the last year trying to raise funds for them? Take, I mean, just a ballpark. Yeah, I've been to five countries this year in, in 2021. Okay, and and that's, I mean, and and we're still on the heels of this uh, pandemic, and this ver this variant. I don't, I think they call it the flu. I'm not sure what name they gave the the variant, but <laughs> it is flu season. So I know a lot of people are getting the flu. But um, you come on the heels of that, and you've already been to five countries, helping out in this benevolent way, raising, trying to raise money, and and it is a blood sport because everybody's important. That and I brought all this up because how do you maintain this winning attitude with what you do? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Swifty. Faith is very very key, and you know sometimes we use that word pretty generically. Faith. Well, it's what is the object of our faith? And as you and I know, our the object of our faith is faith in Christ, Jesus Christ. We come from the Christian tradition. And that's where our hope and our faith is. We know that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So that is our hope. And so in sharing a message like that, that's, that's nothing new you and I came up with. It's a, a couple thousand years old. It goes back beyond the time of Christ. But we have a hope that we point people to, and that's a hope in Christ. And so uh, sharing that vision with people um, around the world in my current position um, 
getting getting donors who want to support the work we do. And just to back up a little bit, right now I'm with an organization that sends Christian missionaries into Europe um, to share that gospel of Christ, the truth of the gospel with with a, a world that doesn't doesn't understand or know that truth. And so going there is bringing along like-minded people, showing what we're doing, introducing them to the missionaries on the ground and the work we're doing there. And uh, it's really casting a vision that they come alongside. And so it's not a it's not a hard sell. It's not a push, push, push for money, but it's say, here's what we're doing. Would you like to be a part of it? And and oftentimes that does look like financial support. But But you're looking for something larger, bigger than money. Right. I mean, money doesn't mean anything compared to, right. you know, eternal life and, and our faith in, 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 the, in the good Lord. So you're, you're not just trying to get money. You're trying to sell a vision that, that, that's been out there for hundreds of years, but they just haven't uh, found it or bought into it or it, it hasn't resonated yet. So that, that's even tougher than trying to raise money, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 casting the vision of what we're trying to do. So when I say we're trying to raise money, we're trying to raise money so we can send Christian workers into Europe to help churches, help nonprofits, help people share the gospel of Christ with people in Europe. So that's the vision. It's not going out to get money to have money. It's going out to raise money so we can send 250 more missionaries. That's our goal is to send 204, 250 more missionaries into Europe in the next five years. So you're casting a appealing vision and you're asking people for their support, not just uh, financially, but prayerfully um, to come along, to come with us on these projects. We just, um, last summer in the midst of COVID, we took 50, over 50 college students into Kosovo. They were there for 10 weeks. They wow. helped at churches. They helped at food kitchens. They were out on the street talking to people, giving them encouragement. The people of Kosovo loved these college students, and they came from all over the country, over 50 of them. And then on the way out to get back into the United States, all Everybody on the trip, 60 by this time, because there were some staff and workers with us, everyone had to test for COVID and answered a prayer. 60 people tested negative for COVID after spending wow. 10 weeks in, in Eastern Bloc countries. Wow, that's amazing. And and what an amazing uh, journey and, and, and an amazing accomplishment to bring those in. And, and everybody remained safe in so many different ways, not just from COVID, but just, uh, right. you know, things happen on these trips and journeys uh, that are out of people's control. And, and yet you brought 60 people there safely and 60 people back safely while making such a huge difference in, in a place that doesn't exist like we exist. Uh, I was talking to my son and ex he was talking uh, about some of these couple places he's been, he goes to junior college and he's been driving into different areas and realizing that not everybody lives like we do comfortably in a middle-class neighborhood. And I said, sometimes we take for granted so much of what we have and so much of what we have isn't because we've just been able to afford it. We've been blessed. Uh, I, you know, I've said this about myself. I, as a as a quadriplegic, uh, it, working in a able body environment, um, as you know, I was one of the first ones to show up, and I was one of the last ones to leave. 
Um, and, and, and I felt I had to do that so that people saw people with disabilities in a better light and maybe more accepting. Like, hey, I'm not here just because somebody gave me a title. I'm here to prove that I can hang with anybody. Actually, I'm here to show that most people can't hang with me. And by the way, when, we, when I took on hiring 60 people and we trained 60 people and we did work in downtown, do you remember how, how well that district did? <laughs> uh, uh, district um, Central T. Well, I know we were, we were number one. Yeah, exactly. We're number one in the company. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And I and I'll, and I'll vouch for you, Swifty. I never saw you come in, and I never saw you leave because you got there before I got there, and you left after I left. But I mean, th- that part of that is kind of what you do, right? You lead by example. Yeah, absolutely. Try to lead by example and treat people fairly, but that doesn't mean you're easy on them. It means you push them pretty hard, but you do it with kindness and humor and, and gentleness, but you're, you're still, you, you still have results. So you push people for results. Um, I try to talk about when I'm, when I'm doing some training, I talk about the importance of clarity, that people know their roles, they know their tasks, they know they're a part of the bigger organization and they see that strategic plan. So it's creating a plan, it's reinforcing that plan, it's even over-communicating that plan. And that is, uh, that's a good way to keep people on track. We knew exactly what the objective was. You had a report for us every morning um, on all 60 people. Here's how many phone calls were made because we were doing that early on before we went into outside sales, we were making uh, phone calls. And so you would track and measure what we were doing. And it wasn't in a, it was not in a heavy handed way. It was just a fact based way. This person made a hundred calls. This person made 30 calls. Guess what? The person who made a hundred calls was more successful than the person who made 30 calls. As you used to say, it's not brain surgery. (laughs) Well, you know what? I, I, I did lead with sarcasm. I, yep. I, I was not. No one's better at it. No <laughs> one's better at it than you, Swifty. <laughs> Thank you very much, KB. I, I did, I, I, I was direct. Um, you know, I, I, I was firm, but I believe I was fair. And I think people appreciated that. Most of them did. They appreciated yeah, that. And absolutely. as you said, I, I, I led with facts. I mean, I couldn't help it if the people making 90 and 100 calls were selling more business than the people making, you know, 50 calls. That wasn't me. That was a report that showed that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. So you you have done so many things. You're in the midst of, uh, you've got a lot on your plate trying to help so many people. And I, I appreciate your insights. Uh, I agree with you. We are uh, both cut out of the same type of cloth. Uh, I don't know if they make that cloth anymore which uh, <laughs> it is what it is, but, you know, you have accomplished so many things uh, through the, you know, a lot of basics and fundamentals, but, you know, the belief in yourself, you know, the belief in your faith, and I know we've had this conversation, you know, my, my trinity is my faith, my family, and my friends, and I hold those things dear to me, and they're what have, the, 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 that's what's gotten me where I'm at. So uh, any last parting words uh, any insights, any wisdom you want to share with with everybody listening? 
Well, Swifty, thank you. What a, what a great opportunity to be on this show. Um, you and your wonderful family. I don't know how much your, uh, your, your listeners know about your family, but your three beautiful kids that I've known since they were very small and your wonderful wife, she's a saint just to put up with you. She's a saint and, uh, <laughs> uh really appreciate You're right. you. I, mean, I, I can't disagree. <laughs> no question about that, but, um, no, I just want to encourage people to, um, push on and work hard. That's so important. And, and just what you said about faith, faith in Christ is really, um, the highest and truest thing there ever has been. And I just encourage people to look to Christ and explore that if they don't know about Christianity and the life and work of Jesus and, uh, keep listening to Brian's program. It's great. And, and Swifty look forward to seeing you again soon when we can get together and, and uh, say hello to your family for me. I will. Uh, I appreciate your time, KB. God bless. Tell uh, tell Lauren and the kids I said hello. And if you want, uh, stay on, listen to the rest of it. And I'm sure we'll touch base down the, down the road, okay? Absolutely. Talk to you soon, my friend. All right. We're going to hear from our sponsors now. I appreciate your time and uh, a word from our sponsors. And then we'll be back to uh, Inspire. Hello and welcome back to the Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. Quad Father, All Things Inspirational Show. I hope you enjoyed uh, Kevin Brown. Uh, he, he's uh, just a inspiration and a uh, l- amazing leader, not just a leader, but family man, father, and friend. And uh, outdoors is something we shared in common. I want to talk about outdoors uh, for several reasons. Uh, one, our, our weather is so bizarre in, in a good way. And when the weather gets like this, it, it definitely creates opportunity to get out, whether that's just to walk your dog, to bike. For me, just to get some uh, miles in in my wheelchair for exercise. And that's why I started, I should say we started, Swift Outdoor Accessible Re- Recreation SOAR. And why why is outdoor recreation so critical? Um, why is it needed? And And... Believe it or not, there are have been and are some a lot of studies done on the benefits of out being outdoors, not not just for recreational purposes. When we think recreation, we think physical recreation, but it's it's a mental health, it's a spiritual health, it's a it's a physical health, and it's proven. That, you know, being outside and exercising, something simple as walking, does increase your serotonin and other chemicals in your body, which make you feel happy, make you feel better. And, you know, what is better than the visual experience uh, in, in a sight than to be outside and see all of the wonders? Uh, it, it stimulates the brain. Uh, it's this nonverbal pathway in our heads that get lit up and controls us and, and controls us not just physically, but in, in a psychological fashion, in a mental, pa- in a mental fashion. And uh, this production of melatonin and dopamine as well are, are hor- hormones and they create a great sense in each of us. So, especially for people with disabilities who are not getting outdoors, I urge you to get outdoors. That's what our non 
profit does. It also, if you've heard of the the term uh, circadian rhythm, we all have this rhythm in our own bodies, you know, and being outdoors helps set that circadian rhythm and, deter- and, and, and believe it or not, that helps determine our health, our sleep, our brain function, as well, as well as other bodily functions. So, and, and they say, I'm not a doctor, I've read it, I do believe it, that disease starts first with our circadian rhythm being disrupted so often. And I mean, I'm, I, I know part of that is, you know, we've all been through it where you have several late nights in a row. Maybe they're not exactly healthy late nights. Maybe they're, they're uh, even if they're fun late, late nights, but eventually it catches up with you. And that's because it disrupts this rhythm we have all, inside of all of us. So uh, our bodies function uh, and eat up that sun. And there is, I believe, vitamin D that comes from it. So getting outdoors is unbelievably important and you know try not to take a day and don't fail connecting with the sun um it it makes you feel better uh it it affects your health whether you know it or not and uh, i strongly recommend getting out outside even on days like this where the sun's in and out but it's still an awesome opportunity to get out now that being said I've always been kind of known as the why, why guy. And I think people's whys are important. I think that's part of what drives us. You have to know your why. I can't tell you what your why is. You have to know that. But I'm, I'm that person who likes to know what drives people. Not what, not what drove you 10 years ago, but what drives you today. And I think it's a good question to ask yourself. What, what drives me? What makes me get up in the morning? What makes me work hard? What makes me, what is, what is your why? And it's, it's not, nobody else could tell you your why because it's yours. And you might have several whys. I mean, you know, for me, I, I love the sense of achieving. I love the sense of accomplishment. I love the sense of challenge. You know, on the backside of that is, you know, I, as a man, I have an obligation to care for my family. Uh, my three kids, my wife, uh, uh, to also care for my parents. Uh, that is my responsibility as a man. So, uh, you know, within each of us, we have this ability to consistently move ourselves in, into action, into action that helps us succeed at, at that why. We, you know, to, we need to keep moving and helps us understand that invisible force that shapes us. That why, I mean, and we can name what that why is, but it's, there, there's still an invisible force. So I know I look at myself as a leader. I have the, this ability to take this something invisible, something in your mind and make it visible or tangible. That's what I try to do as a leader, whether I was coaching athletics, whether I'm coaching my team, whether I'm having a conversation with an individual or a group is to... to let them understand there's this invisible why within each of us and this invisible force really is an emotion it's this emotion that comes with that why and it's an emotion that comes with being inspired so when i think of succeeding it 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 really trips an emotion 
I mean, if you've if, if you've stood on the pedestal, if you've won, if you've been the best, if if you've you know succeeded anything, you know it. It's not just that you've done it, but it does get you emotional. So, uh, emotion the the word emotion is uh, I don't think it's a vague word, but a fun fact here is. There are over 6,000 words in the English language that describe emotions. So if you think of emotions, I mean, that, that is a broad range of words that can be used to describe those feelings. So in the average person ex- experiences about 11 emotions um, a day. And unfortunately, believe it or not, over half are negative is don't forget we we do experience the negative emotions when certain things happen too and because we experience those negative ones we definitely got to concentrate and work on those uh those good ones those powerful emotions uh those inspiring emotions so you know i i started coaching football and basketball years ago and um i always want to know you know what makes people perform and not just in athletics, but you know, think about it, you know, perform in life. So why do some people bring this amazing quality of performance into the things they do? So, you know, if you've ever failed to achieve something, and I have, I have numerous times, uh, and, and you raise your hand, I can't see it from here, but be honest if you have, um, we've all failed at something. And whether we use an excuse, I didn't have the time, I didn't have the money, I didn't have the technology, or I didn't have the resources, whatever it may be, that people claim were missing, which they claim is why they failed, they're, they're truly cop-outs. Because if you look at two scenarios, at least that's my opinion, if you look at two scenarios, one, you know, one person is given everything they need to succeed. They have the money, they have the computer, they have the education, they have resources, they have love, they have joy, they have support, and they don't succeed for some reason. Actually, they, they do less than succeeding. They end up in rehab. They end up, you know, putting themselves in a worse situation. Why is that? And then you have the other person you meet, and they've been through ultimate pain, ultimate emotional trauma. They've, they're physically, spiritually, and, and, and they've been beaten up in every way. They don't have any of this, these things that the other person has. They don't have the technology. They don't have the computer. They don't have the, the, the resources, the love, the joy. They don't have that. But for some reason, they make a significant difference. Why, do, why is it that those people can make that difference? Um, I believe a large part of that answer is fulfillment. You know, I think when you do something beyond yourself, when you do something for others, when you're contributing to something bigger than you, um, and, and this is something something that, you know, I, I've always envisioned for sore, that you get this fulfillment. You get, you get this guidance from within or from above. Um, they use this emotion to drive them to the top so take these two scenarios one person has everything one person has nothing uh and very little actually they have less than that because 
they've been and why does that person who doesn't have all those resources the the love the money the support the job the computer why do they succeed i mean it's an interesting question and i believe that people don't fail uh, or people who fail claim it's because of lack of resources um and, and we've probably all been a little bit guilty of that but actually it's not because of a lack of resources it's because it's a lack of resourcefulness. Think it, and there's a big difference. It's not the resources. It's because of a lack of resourcefulness. They lack the passion. They lack the resolve. They lack cre- creativity. They lack determination. They lack grit. Maybe they lack faith. Maybe they lack confidence. But it was the resourcefulness that drove that person who didn't have all the resources to be successful, to wake up every day, to find their path, and to take those little steps they did. So that's just a thought I'll leave you with, that it's the lack of resourcefulness. You may not have the resources. That doesn't mean you can't succeed. It's truly that lack of resourcefulness. So thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please contact uh, Brian P. Swift at brianpswift.com or, as I said, LinkedIn, Facebook. If you have any questions or any topics you'd like me to cover, I would be more than glad to cover those topics. And uh, you guys have a great day today, Wednesday, and enjoy the rest of this decent day out there, at least in the Midwest. So God bless.